Hi everyone and welcome to another edition of the Giant Sisters podcast with Joe Brothers. Today I'm here with Rachel Paris. Rachel is the founder of The Blockchain Boutique, a legal practice specialising in blockchain and crypto which will launch later this year. Rachel is a former partner in New Zealand law firm Bell Gully with experience at leading London law firms Allen and Overy and Old Swang. She has 15 years experience advising blue chip financial institutions, private equity funds, trustees and corporates on a range of lending and capital market transactions. Rachel founded Bill Gully's fintech team and has advised New Zealand's leading blockchain businesses on transactional and compliance related matters. Ranked by legal directories including Chambers Asia Pacific 2018 and the Legal 500 as a leading recommended lawyer in both banking and finance and investment funds. Welcome, Rachel. Thanks, Joe. Right, so this sounds so exciting. This is a topic I'm passionate about. Can you tell us a bit about the Blockchain Boutique? Absolutely. So I have been a banking and finance lawyer for a really long time now, and I started getting interested in, in blockchain and crypto couple of years ago and started working with some of New Zealand's leading businesses in that space and a couple of things happened at the end of last year. First of all, my husband got offered a job in the UK sort of out of the blue and so I made the decision or we made the decision to move to London which meant I had to leave Balgali, the law firm I've been at on and off for um, I guess 20 years and moved to the UK and so I thought well I'll go out on my own, do some consulting and really decided it was a great opportunity to focus in on blockchain exclusively because I think there's a real gap in the market for you know businesses looking for quality legal advice to talk to lawyers who actually not only understand the issues but are really excited about the potential. So the blockchain boutique was born a couple of weeks ago. I still am in the process of getting things all set up but it's really exciting already some really interesting projects have come across my desk and I'm looking forward to hitting London and just you know getting to know what's happening in the scene over there as well. Fantastic well I'm really interested in this whole topic can you just sort of give us a quick 101 what is blockchain? That is so hard to do everyone (laughs) everyone asks that but I think if you think about blockchain as really an online database but Mm. a database where everybody in the network has the ability to download download a copy of that database so that they have got their own record. That sounds kind of boring, but when you look at the application of the technology, it means that you've got a very democratic system because instead of one central authority, you have everybody in a sort of peer-to-peer network mm-hmm. with the same access to information. You've got a, a database or a record of information that is secure, it can't be tampered with, um, so it's sort of unhackable and very trustworthy. And really what's exciting is instead of having to trust an, an intermediary or a central authority to kind of conduct transactions, people can do it peer-to-peer without that centralised sort of infrastructure. So it, so it starts to make a lot of sense in, in a lot of businesses where we've currently relied on a central authority to be our trusted source of information. Mm. Not sure. Probably could do a better job of answering that question, actually. That's okay. I think that, I mean, look, let's just explore this more because okay, it yeah, is, yeah. Um, 
you feel free to um i mean our my listeners and myself i mean i sit here i actually have read a lot about it and i still don't think i can fully explain it myself yeah it's it's really hard i think you know bitcoin was the first example of blockchain mm. and everyone got excited about bitcoin and then you know realized actually it was the the tech that underlies it that's so revolutionary and i kind of using a very simple analogy the, the blockchain is almost like the rails and the Bitcoin or the other cryptocurrency or token is like the, the train that goes along the rails. So right. you can't really have one without the other. I mean, you hear a lot of people saying, blockchain's great, but I don't like crypto, like yeah. the guy from JP Morgan. But right. in a way, they're hand in glove because the, the cryptocurrency or token is the incentive and the transactional unit that makes the blockchain function if that yeah. makes sense and I, I have heard about lots of different named bitcoins so that may be adding to the confusion have you got any sort of thoughts on oh I, yeah there's a lot of terminology out there so bitcoin was created about 10 years ago by a person or persons called satoshi nakamoto and it, it was really just a nine-page document called a white paper that was released out into the world that got people excited. So that was the very first iteration of a cryptocurrency. And it's got a particular use mm. case. So Bitcoin is, I guess, best described as a digital gold. So it's a store of value. It's a very reliable store mm. of value. Yeah. And the reason people are using it is that in countries around the world, like Venezuela, Zimbabwe, um, and many, many others, the, the local currency issued by the central bank, which we call fiat currency, is a very poor store of value. Yes. There's been mm. money printed off, uh, right. and, and so what's happened is it's eroded people's trust in that traditional currency. So they have started using Bitcoin mm. as not just a gold proxy, but something that is much more portable, obviously, mm. than yeah. a nugget of gold, and um, you're able to be divided more easily so it's a, it's a really useful mm. store of value a yeah. lot of these other cryptos though that you mentioned you know there are thousands of them now all represent slightly different things so some are better as a payment yeah. um, mechanism so you know if i'm going to pay for a coffee i probably wouldn't use bitcoin but i might use one of these other cryptocurrencies that exist yeah and then there's this entire pool of cryptocurrencies that are described as app coins or utility right. tokens yeah. And they're much more analogous to sort of a gym membership where mm. if you think of having one of these tokens giving you access to use maybe a software platform. So the example of, say, Spotify is a good one. Imagine yeah. Spotify on the blockchain. Instead of paying you know, your yeah. monthly membership, right. you would hold a Spotify token and yes. that would give you access to music. And as the network grows and the network effects grow... Yeah the value of your token would increase. And right. so you have this incentive for you as a user to not only use the network, yeah. but to tell all your friends and family to use it as well. And so you start this really interesting dynamic where instead of one company at the center, Spotify, yeah. getting wealthy because of the success of its network, yeah. instead in a blockchain where all of the participants in that network who hold the tokens mm. sort of benefit collaborative growth yeah, yeah exactly and okay. so that is what's so revolutionary in a way is it yeah. flips that model of business on mm. its head and gives yeah. stakeholders in the economy back the benefits and perhaps control of the enterprise 
Yeah, so it's kind of the reverse corporation model. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we were just talking before about um, Cambridge Analytica and that data leak that Facebook has been Mm. connected with and there's now this huge backlash going on but you know with with centralized proprietary data stores controlled by some of these huge tech companies and this is where blockchain is quite an interesting alternative because in a blockchain environment all of the participants in that ecosystem have control of their data it's not all you know owned by a Facebook or a right Google or an Airbnb or whatever it is mm. who are you know monetizing that data you the the holder of the data yes would be able to do that that's amazing and Rachel what is your hope for uh, New Zealand and how you could um, bring some initiatives to help us here uh, so there are some businesses already here in New Zealand that are doing an amazing job in the blockchain and crypto space but I guess to date our government or our policymakers haven't really tried to make New Zealand a fintech hub. You know, we see yeah. a lot of economies mm. around the world jostling for first position, whereas we've taken a much more let's wait and see approach. And I guess what's becoming very apparent internationally is that this is the, the next internet boom. I mean, mm. this, this technology is going to shape the next 10 to 20 years of mm. society, business, government and New Zealand has this real opportunity to mm. jump up front you know we are the least corrupt nation in the world yes. according to international um, indexes we yeah. are small we're mm. nimble we have a really good legal system mm. we have every natural opportunity to do well here and to really become a blockchain or fintech hub mm. but we just need a bit of political leadership and a bit of clarity in some of our regulations Mm. and so there's a real movement to try and achieve that and I'm helping in in my own small way as part of it so I would love to see New Zealand step up and you know become the centre of excellence for blockchain projects. And we talked a bit before about then um, big projects could be maybe funded here or um, some of our ventures could receive funding. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. So uh, some of your listeners will have heard of ICOs, which is initial um, coin offering, you know, an adjustment on the traditional term IPO, initial public offering. Also, you know, they refer to as various different things, token generating events and so on. But the idea is that people are raising money for their businesses on the blockchain. And instead of going through a venture capital fund or a traditional stock exchange mm. listing here is a way for businesses to raise a heap of money very very quickly without all the fees and process that goes with it mm. and you know there are a bunch of scammers out there there's no question about it but there are some really great businesses who are using this technology out of New Zealand to raise money to build their platforms build out their businesses hire developers mm. and access this huge customer base that's now a global yeah Base. And I mean, this is the other reason the tech is so exciting, is it is borderless, mm. it's global, it's fast, it, it just, you know, pulls down all the barriers that New Zealand businesses have traditionally had to overcome to try and get yeah. success overseas. Um, and with, you don't have to give us any financial advice, Rachel, here, but <laughs> do you have some um, crypto investments yourself? Are you sort of experimenting? Yeah, no, of course. I had to just to try and understand, yeah. to, to, I guess, have any credibility. So I have modest holdings. I wish yeah. I'd bought more Bitcoin <laughs> back in the day, but uh, I've, I've bought a few. I mean, I think, you know, for me, it is 
Ethereum mm. um, and the Bitcoin blockchain that are the really interesting ones, but yeah. you know, there's NEO in China and there are loads of others mm. that are really exciting. It's mm. almost like every day there is a new example. Um, mm. So I need to spend a bit more time on the investment side and probably <laughs> a bit less time on the legal side. But yeah, it's, it's a space that is really great. I'd love to see more Kiwis yeah. have access to it because I think it will be the new wealth paradigm and, mm. and I am concerned that, that people here are missing out because it's really difficult to access mm. some of these crypto businesses from New Zealand unfortunately. But your business will be able to help us with that and you're currently sort of I know going and doing some more study and then launching your website and so on later on this year? That's right yes so I'm going to spend the, the summer months um, in London really focusing in on some of the more technical elements and growing my network and then I'll look to you know really ramp up the business, but mm. you're going to spend the next little time being a mum. Mm. Now that I've left the big law firm, I'll have a bit more time to spend time with the children in the yeah. UK. And uh, yeah, probably September, October, really look to lift things up. Oh, great! And do you see a role in the future for both banks and Bitcoin and crypto? Oh, definitely. Banks aren't going anywhere yeah. anytime soon. But I, I think what's happened is these new technologies have filled a real gap in the market. Mm. You know, you think about it, as a consumer, you can use your phone to, you know, unlock your house remotely now. Yeah. You can obviously, for 10 years, we've been able to order shoes from London <laughs> or whatever, you know, Skype yes. our friends on the other side of the world. So yeah. the fact that we can't just press a button mm. and send money overseas seems crazy. And it's still so, so difficult because the banks are struggling with these big legacy computer systems, as you know. I mean, yeah. it's... Mm. So, so what we're seeing is fintech springing up and solving a bunch of those mm. gaps and that will continue. So I think we'll see a lot more partnerships between banks and fintechs going forward, which will be, yeah. which will be great. That will be great. So if we think about um, the power of intention, how did you design your life or did it just evolve? I am not a planner, as people who know me well uh, can, <laughs> can confirm. It, it's definitely just evolved. I mean... Uh, you know, I think you do have to take opportunities as they yes. come, and so I'm I'm pretty good at saying yes to things, and you know, often overcommitting. But what ends up happening is, you know, years later you look back and see how all these threads in your life have connected. Mm. And for me, you know, banking and finance lawyer, I've done a lot of regulatory work. Mm. You know, a lot of the the bits and pieces I've done have actually ended up leading me to this great opportunity with blockchain and crypto, mm. and. It's an area that I'm really passionate about and excited about, but I never had any visibility that this was coming. I mean, if you'd wow. asked me even a year ago, would I be going out on my own as a mm. blockchain specialist? No way. It's just something that, you know, mm. the timing was right and I've decided to give it a go. And you're absolutely right because, I mean, what I do didn't exist when I was at school. I couldn't even study for it. I actually teach people how to do what I do and you're probably going to soon be in that position as well so yeah. because we're living in these exponential times as well so you know I agree it's so great that you can you're jumping on this opportunity and I'm really excited to see what happens yeah um so you must have had some very unique experiences over your career can you tell us about some that have really stuck with you and you know what sure. they were yeah um so I started off out of law school working for Bell Gully, one of the big law firms here, and then went to Harvard and did a year there doing my master's in law. And that was a really interesting time because it was just after the you know weapons of mass destruction campaign yeah. had right. begun and there were terrorist attacks being threatened mm. all down the east coast of the states. Yeah. There were protests on campus. Mm. I don't know if you remember that yeah. um, 
France and Germany wouldn't support the UN resolution right. to go to war. And so yeah. there were students at Harvard, you know, walking around <coughs> campus with big, you know, anti-German, anti-French slogans because bizarrely at Harvard all the students were pro-war. I mean, right. yeah. you always thought of, you know, peaceful protests from students, yeah. but it was a really, really interesting environment. Yeah. And so that year was great. Just, I mean, it was less about the study and more about just opening my eyes, obviously, to a different culture. Mm, you know, we always yes. think America is very familiar, but in many ways it's a very different country from mm. New Zealand. And then uh, after that, Jason and I got married, went to the UK and spent four years up there. Yes. And had an amazing time. But mm. again, that was, you know, you're thrown into this big law firm and you don't really know what you're doing. And <laughs> I remember I had a 90-day probation period, as everybody does up there. And I spent every day of the 90 days expecting to get fired because oh. I literally, you know, I was yeah, like, God. Uh, but it's amazing how those experiences are terrifying, but then mm. you survive and it gives you a bit more confidence. And yes. and so, you know, the, those, um, I guess, both of those experiences that you're in the States and that you're in all those four years in London really helped me understand that, you know, mm. you can, if you give it a go, you can survive and you, yes. can, you can do well and came back to New Zealand and you know the, the last decade has been about trying to juggle children and work mm. we, my husband and I both work and so that's been challenging but you know again at every step you question can you do it and you do it and you get on with it and look back and I'm really glad that I've sort of pushed myself mm. there were many times yeah. I thought this is all too hard why am I <laughs> why am I bothering yeah. but um it's really nice now to feel like I've got some options to contribute in a way that's yeah. not just traditional lawyering, to help yes. be involved in policy development and things that are really yeah. exciting. That's really cool. That's fantastic. And in terms of embracing the lessons, what challenges that you've experienced have shaped you the most? Oh, I think, um, you know, in, in any kind of job, but especially in banking and finance law, you know, for a long time as one of the few women, and, mm. you know, you're used to being slightly different when you walk into the room you know it can be quite intimidating and you just learn to be confident you know the thing that sticks in my mind was the first time I heard about imposter syndrome and right. wondering what on earth that was mm. and I have not only experienced it but so many of the young women that have worked with me mm. or for me over the years you know lack confidence mm. and have no reason to and, yes. and it's so rewarding when you see people develop that confidence mm. and begin to believe that they can do you know the job that that they, that they have just as well, if not better than the other people around them. And so, I think overcoming that and mm. learning that actually by challenging yourself, you grow in confidence, yes. and that really, you know, you can learn it. You, you don't have to be a confident person to mm. develop confidence over time. I think that's probably been the mm. greatest lesson. That's really good because we were talking um, before in terms of, and this is a fact and. Um, I can't remember who originally came out with it, maybe enough, read it on Lean In, but in terms of men will be 100% confident when they may only have 70% or less of the skill base, and, and a female is more inclined to want to have already mastered a role or an opportunity. So what I really love with what you're doing, Rachel, is that, I mean, this is you're entering in this crypto bitcoin world that is, is constantly evolving it's daily evolving and you're diving in head first i think that's great i know and it's so not my nature i mean it is the absolute opposite of anything i ever thought i would do <laughs> 
Um, and for that reason, you know, yeah. I, I like to know something inside out mm. before I put myself out there. And of course, with this blockchain crypto world, you can't, no one yeah. really, or very few people are true experts. And I don't profess to be an expert in the technology. You know, I understand mm. we're enough to be dangerous. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but enough to know that I can give my clients good advice, but that there's a huge learning process mm. ahead for me. And I think that's yeah. part of why I'm so excited about yes. this is that it's not same thing day in, day out. It's every day is a new challenge. And it's something that, you know, I can learn alongside my children, which mm. is really awesome as well. Sheroes and heroes, who's your inspiration, Rachel? Um, I find my group of friends who are all these fabulous women doing really, really interesting things, and my mum who took time off to raise me and my brother and sister, and then went back and put herself through dietetic training, went wow. back into the workforce. Mm. You know, that for me is so inspirational because it, you know it shows that you can make your own contribution you just have mm. to you know keep challenging yourself to move out of your comfort zone yeah and giving back i'm sure you've done a lot of this with your um, career would you like to share some of the examples sure i think it is really important when you have a privileged position or or life um to do what you can to, to pay that back and i think especially as a woman in business i have tried really hard to work to bring other women through you know mm. law firms have a, a well-established reputation for perhaps needing to work harder in the mm. diversity space and so one of the projects I'm most proud of in my career is the women's program we ran at Balgali brought yeah. in inspirational women we help people with their career planning and just trying to ensure that everybody has an equal opportunity mm. because there are many institutional barriers that hold women back yeah. And also women's own self-confidence is a huge yes. uh, aspect as well. And so trying to, to break down those barriers is important. And going forward, you know, I really hope that the contribution I can make will be in you know, education yes. in terms of blockchain and crypto and trying to broaden the audience so that it's not all 25-year-old men, which you know, yeah. is, is sort of where most of the interest is at the moment, and trying to get... A lot more women involved and excited mm. about the potential and the potential rewards as well if, if they get involved in the space. Great. In terms of any other new innovations or projects you've got coming up for the year, we've we know you've got quite a large move on your hands and a new company. So yeah, I am taking it sort of a day at a time. I'm pretty disorganised at this point, considering I relocate to the UK in two weeks yes. with a cat, two dogs, and three children. But yeah, so the, the next six months will be about just settling in mm. to a new lifestyle over there and you know, we will definitely be back. We are not planning to be away for too long because we are passionate Kiwis and want to raise our children here. Mm. But I think it will be a year of just expanding the mind and travel yes. and soaking up everything London's got to offer. Fantastic. And, you know, the business will obviously benefit from that, but it's not going to be the be-all and end-all. Yeah. It's about getting balance back, I think. Awesome. And what are your thoughts? We're celebrating 125 years of suffrage in New Zealand. What are your thoughts for women and children's lives, both here and around the world, and opportunities? Where do you think we are? We are? Um, I think we have obviously come a really long way, and New Zealand has traditionally been at the forefront of that but we had so much further to go and I think the risk is that people feel complacent and feel like the job has been done yes. when in fact if we look at even in New Zealand 
equal pay, equal opportunity, mm. there is still a big gap. Yes. Uh, and so, you know, as a mum, I make sure I raise my sons as well as my daughter mm. to understand that, you know, we really have to be vigilant yes. about equal treatment and unconscious bias is probably the biggest issue there. Yeah. You know, making sure that we are all aware of the, the biases that we bring to the table and um, and trying to sort of take steps to overcome that. Mm. But you know, I feel very positive. I mean, I love my daughter, she's four, she has just every opportunity ahead of her. Yes, that's and fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I'm so excited for her. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking with us today, Rachel. Um, if, if you'd like to share your email address, if anyone has any questions or want to reach you, how can they get hold of you? Um, I'm on LinkedIn, yeah. Rachel Paris, and um, I will also share my email with you if you like, yeah. you can publish that on I'll the link. Call. Okay, great. Okay, well, thanks very much, Rachel, and all the best for your business. Thanks so much, Joe.